Yo, 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 it's your boy Player X here with the Semi Limited Podcast. Appreciate everyone for sticking around, tuning into today's episode. Much love to you guys, and also a happy Thanksgiving to you guys over the weekend. We took a long weekend off, just uh, wanted to make sure that we got enough time with the family while I had people up. We wanted to get some shopping done, had a couple shows in my personal life and all that stuff, so I just wanted to make sure we got uh, handled all that before we came back and dived back into the grindstone with you guys, but we're here, we're back, and we're bringing some new stuff for you guys, so it was worth the wait, and I want to make sure that we make it up to you guys. So, before we get into today's episode, uh, which is going to be basically recapping all of the sealed products that we've had for 2023 i just want to do a little uh, you know look into the past and see uh if we're actually advancing as far as like um sets builds and like cards being made and stuff like that so i just want to make sure that we go over and make a tier list real quick if you will of some of the things that we got going on but before that as usual we got to start doing all the plugins so Please go down to the Linktree uh, link, which is in the description box down below. You can follow all of our social sites from there. By clicking that link, it'll bring up a tab, which that tab has access to all of our social sites, our platforms, anywhere where you can hear the podcast, be a part of the podcast, and all those communities as well. So you can uh, click all those, join the social sites, and then we'll be doing more giveaways when we hit 50 followers on TikTok. 100 on Twitter or X or whatever you guys want to call it. And then 200 on IG and YouTube. We'll be doing way more. We've given away cards. We've given away play mats and accessories and stuff. So, and we got way more stuff to give away for you guys, including like other play mats or uh, whether it be merchandise or even more expensive cards for you guys. You never know. So be a part of all those communities to be sure that you are caught up when we start doing those announcements. Also, shout-outs to Unplugged Gaming in Manly's New York for sponsoring the podcast. Be sure to join their Discord server in the description box down below to be a part of their TCG communities. Uh, whether you play Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic, board games, you play Lucrana, you play One Piece, Digimon, it doesn't matter. Go down there, be a part of all their communities. They have it all in their Discord laid out very, very neatly. So, you know, kudos to them for having such a very well-organized Discord. You can join all those TCG communities and then start talking with people, trading with people, and then starting to link up in person irl uh with these people and if you guys show up to the store in manly's new york be sure to mention that the semi-limited podcast sent you and they'll be sure to hook you up so shout out to all the people and staff over at unplug gaming also be sure to catch brad aka mr perfect live streaming on twitch every saturday night at 11 p.m eastern standard time his switch will be also in the link tree down below so you can click on that go join his streams where he's usually deck theorizing or deck crafting he's usually on a master duel grinding he got some edo pros especially when we have big events coming up in the local area so be sure to be engaged in his chat and his stream and be sure to catch his streams on saturday nights at 11 p.m every saturday uh without fail so be sure to catch him. but probably going until about like maybe like a one o'clock maybe two o'clock depending on what's going on so i know it's a late stream but for all those late night grinders you can't sleep you got insomnia you just want to play some cards that's the stream you guys want to get into and one more announcement before we start getting into things. I just want to do something special because I know that we are starting to move into the new year, which means new things for the podcast, such as more uh, videos being introduced to you guys. I want you guys to start getting a better experience when listening and whatnot, give you the, op the option to watch or listen. Uh, so with that being said, I want to do something very, very special before we close out this year. And I want to get everyone who's followed us so far and been a part of all our communities and listeners and all that stuff involved in one last shebang for a end of the year live recorded podcast episode that you guys can all join in on. The recording day will be Friday, December 15th, which is uh, basically, I want to say a couple, two and a half weeks from now, maybe three. 
and it's going to be at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, sharp. So you can join the link in our Discord down below to get access to the Discord. And then once you're there, you're going to see that we have a semi-limited live section, which we're going to be having a couple talking points, uh, having all of you guys in there in the same room as us and all of the guests that we're going to have uh, available to us. I kind of want to keep it hitting because I want to make sure we get a good amount of people for the panel. And we're going to be going over topics as such as, you know, maybe some wrap-ups, some deck theorizing, uh, meta changes or maybe some new tech talk so we're going to get you guys in there get your own questions as well but you'll have the opportunity to step up in a podium and speak as well as give your opinions on certain things so be sure to be a part of that which is going to be friday december 15th at 8 p.m uh, eastern standard time so be sure to, to join us for all the festivities and the last shebang episode of 2023 without further ado getting into today's episode before we start i just wanted to introduce our guest for tonight i wanted to make sure i got someone who was new to the podcast and uh but not new to the space this guy has been a yuki tube market watch sensation or persona for quite some time now uh he's gone through two channel changes but he is still alive and kicking i, I love watching him and i get a lot of uh, good plays from him so i want you guys to have a, a big warm welcome for my man v paisano hey what's going on hey what's going on brother how you doing tonight all good Always good, absolutely. That's what I like to hear. We're always doing good. Hell yeah. Any plugins or any shout outs you want to make before we get into today's episode or anything like that? Anything you want to make known? No, just doing videos on YouTube, you know, just hanging out, playing the playing the game I enjoy and recording videos every now and then, you know, just love doing love doing it. Absolutely. Actually I was just catching the last video you dropped, if I'm not mistaken. It was about uh who makes money in Yu-Gi-Oh! and it was a tier list showing all the different kind of people that are in our community, whether it be like casual players, competitive players, even down to vendors and even Konami itself. But I thought that was actually really interesting content for sure. So you can be sure to uh, check his channel, which I'll also link down below to join his YouTube channel and be a part of all of those like videos and short form contents that he'd be dropping too. I actually like his shorts. I remember I met up with V in uh, Nationals for 2023 earlier this year and <laughs> there was a guy who was trying to talk to a girl and as Yu-Gi-Oh players sometimes know that that might be more intimidating than facing down an eight negate board uh so V had caught the whole thing on camera and put it on his YouTube as a short and I always find things like that kind of interesting so uh <laughs> shout outs to V and I uh, appreciate you coming on tonight buddy yeah, I appreciate you too. It, it's funny because he didn't want to do it at first, and me and a bunch of guys was basically pushing him to doing it, uh, which made it even better. Like, I wish I could, I could record the beforehand because he was so hesitant. I'm like, yeah, Dude, talk for it, yeah. Oh, yo, we gotta we gotta hook him up. We're like, come on, man, you, you, you ain't get a letter to stand there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's not that intimidating as people think it is. Once you start interacting with like girls and stuff like that you start really un uh, understanding that they're just people like us you just got to be able to approach them in some sort of like kind manner and not be like a piece of shit when you're approaching them. but other than that like they're, you know they're people just like you and me so they're all quiet i always think it's funny to watch people like stumble across things like that or like you know be too afraid to go talk to someone like it's just always funny to me <laughs> yeah i mean we're all like that too which is funny too so like we were all that guy that shy guy at one point so it's cool. And he went up doing it. He went up talking to her. Um, I had to go on for the next round, but he went up talking to her for a while, which I which I thought was really cool. Oh, get out of here, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, there was two other guys talking to her. The minute he started talking, they walked away. And I'm like, good, good. Get in there. And he sat next to her. And I mean, I hope everything worked out. <laughs> yeah, right? Something like that's always cool to see at Yu-Gi-Oh events. 
Yeah, hundred percent. If you secure the number, you got the win in my heart. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what you Absolutely. did to the event. <laughs> uh, but get into today's episode. I don't want to have too much banter for you guys. Uh, just one thing on the docket for today, and like I said, it's going to be a recap. We're going to be listing all of the products that have been dropping for the PCG in the 2023 and we're going to be putting them in categories and then finally we depict what came out in each set so you guys are familiarized with it because obviously maybe some people don't remember a week ago or a month ago or even a year ago so we're going to make sure that we put all the basically the high note cards in there uh, and then we're going to make a list for you guys of best to worst from all of those sets so are you anticipating anything crazy or do you remember anything that you know uh, off the back top of your head that is going to be like all right i can't wait till we start talking about this set because it was kind of crazy and it's so many sets that just been so crazy. I mean, even the past year, uh, 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 you know, it's been a wild ride. So, mm. yeah, it's, there's a lot of crazy things happening as far as, like, the cards being released and whatnot. Yeah, because we've had good sets, and we've also had some dud sets. Like, there's definitely a couple sets this year that have done crazy well for themselves, even if it was only for a short amount of time. And then there are some sets that are just probably even still sealed, like, maybe worth half what they were on opening day type deal. So... There were some flops for sure. Absolutely. There were a lot of sets that like, and, and there were, no, no other thing is too, there were also some sets that like had promise. Everyone had a lot of hype. Oh, yes. Day one, prices tank, and everyone's like, well, I'll just wait to buy these cards. Yup, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'll wait till next month. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah. No one's doing anything with it yet. It's another good topic too, like hy hyping of cards. Like there are so many cards that get hyped. I think there are at least five cards off the top of my head that i can remember that got super hyped and then just never did anything like apple dragon uh all the assault synchron revolution synchron stuff like you know what i'm saying all that stuff was supposed to be meta changing and warping and you know barely saw play at a regional level so there are times where the hype is too real and it uh <laughs> it reflects in the pricing later on absolutely but getting into the list for you guys today Starting off, we're going to list all of the sets that have been released this year and then the date that they came out in. So starting with January, we had only one set released to us. It was Amazing Defenders, came out January 20th. Uh, for February, we had three products. We had February 8th, OTS 21 was released. Two days after that, on February 10th, we had Photon Hypernova release. RIP my man, Arizart, best man ever. <laughs> and then also we had February 14th, being the Trap Trick Structure Deck for most people who actually remember that coming out. And then shout outs to Daryl Rupert. He actually was just in the general chat for our Discord. Shout outs to the Discord too. And he actually got his regional invite with Trap Trick. So, and then we have only one product dropping in March. We had Maze of Memories, which is another reprint sent, brought us the Gate Guardian cards and stuff. No, we had no products for April. I think we may have had one of the Speed Duels released in April, but I just didn't want to count Speed Duels as being its own entity. So I just kind of left those ones out. Uh, but going into May, on May 5th, we had Cyberstorm Access released to us. It was a court set. Uh, skipping along, we had June 2nd, we have Wild Survivors, which would be the side set that happened. We had Battles of Legend, Monsters Revenge, dropping later on in June at the end of the month. It was June 23rd. And then following the month after that, July 19th, we had OTS 22. So we had a full cycle between February 8th to July 19th uh, for the OTS 21 introducing into 22, uh, which we'll, we'll go over later on in the episode. And then later on that month in July 28th, we had the next core set of Dueling Nexus, sorry, Duelist Nexus uh, dropped to us. And that was another game changer for a little bit. And then it kind of flopped out. We had August 11th being Legendary Duelist 
<laughs> Soul Burning Volcano, which I, we'll just get into the slaughter of that set later on. And then we have what it was supposed to be one of the better products for this year, September 8th being the 25th anniversary Megatons Duelist Heroes uh, dropping on that week. And then right after that, we had September 22nd, Crimson King Structure Deck, which came out, which I remember was, was the Resonator Structure Deck, which actually did some work on a regional level. There were some tops and I saw some competitive play with that. Following into October, we had October 20th, we had the next core set of Age of Overlord. Obviously we all know what that is. We've been currently in that metaphor right now. Uh, it's warping. I think that was probably one of the better core sets we've had all uh, year, but you know, I digress. October 25th, just five days later, we had the announcement and release of OTS 23 that we're currently in. And then we have November 3rd being the 25th anniversary rarity collection where basically the Fire Nation attacked and everything went bonkers mode. I think it was probably one of the best sets of the year, but we'll get into that later on. Following that, we had uh, Valiant Smashers dropping on November 17th, which was earlier on this month, which we're currently in the time of recording. And then the last product that we're going to have released this year will be December 8th. We get the Fire King Structure Deck, which is anticipated to be one of the better Structure Decks of the year. But that is our year to date as far as 2023 for support sets. Anything that I read off kind of like uh, stick out to you as far as one of like the better sets that we've had? Uh, or anything that might go down in like the longevity of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, so there's two things right at the gate. Right at the gate, it's Angel Overlord has been just blockbuster. Like on its debut, it was insane. But to this day, that's a set. Like like if you win locals and they offer you packs, you're not gonna sit there and go, oh, let me get packs of Valiant Smashers. No, 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 no. <laughs> you you want Angel Overlord because if you pull that SP Core Century, that's a $450 card minimal. You know. And, and if you pull a, a, a core century uh, Typhon, $180 card. So, like, there's value in, in this set. And even if you pull the Secret Rares, there's still value. And it's hot set. I was about set. to say, yeah, Secrets are still 100 Yeah. Yeah, it's a hot set. It's being traded. People are buying and selling. The set's still... Valor Smashers came out, and people were like, okay, cool, put it to the side. I'm still looking at my Age of Overlord. Like, that's still, like, mm. the set. So that's, like, number one to me. But another set that, that kind of caught me off guard... Because when it came out, it, it wasn't as big. Was a, I got to give it to Amazing Defenders because right now that set like like is huge. But when it first came out, everyone's like, "Oh, Pearlies, that's pretty cool, I guess. Oh, Pearlies is not bad, you know." And then and then you got people like me going, "Yo, Rescue Ace, bro. Read Turbulence." And they're like, "Yeah, but you got problems. You got this. You got that." And then we look at OCG, you just see Rescue Ace smack everything, <laughs> and you're like, "That's gonna. That's yeah. right." And, and then, and then you know, people are still like, yeah, well, Pearly's is where it's at. And the price of Rescue Ace cards was dirt cheap forever. Forever they were dirt cheap. And now, and, and this set, oh, hold on. This set also has a Makankos. Hold on. So, Amazing Defenders came out with three insanely good archetypes. Plus the reprints, because you got Isolde, which is the CR, which is money. One for one, it, it was good when, on the debut, but it kind of fell short. You got you got the CR of Renards. So like, you got cards in, in in Amazing Defenders. They're just insane. And the set when it yeah. first came out, the only thing people said was, "Oh, look at Pearlies, I guess." Like it's crazy how far that set has come. I remember how crazy. And that set came out earlier this year. It was like the first set the we year. got this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did an episode earlier on where I was talking about uh, Amazing Defenders being 
the best set of the year having all three archetypes win some sort of YCS or higher tiered event where uh, per, uh, Pearlies was piloted by Pac uh, and I think Kamal Crooks in the um, 3v3 YCS. Then we had Rescue Ace uh, recently, and then we had the Makankos uh, in South America. So all three of the archetypes in that set have won YCSs. So to say that that's uh, that's not a little thing, I would say. So like, that's um, got to be notable for something. So Amazing Defenders was really, really good. Age of Overlord is probably one of the best core sets that we're probably going to have for a while. I think... I don't think Phantom Nightmare will come close. I, I think it'll probably match something sort of like the Cyberstorm Access, where it was like really, really good, but like there's only a couple cards you're chasing for. With like there is gas in Age of Overlord. I'm talking about the the Horus engine, the Diabellstar engine. Uh, you got cards like you said, Typhon and SP Little Knight, which are just chase cards high and away. You know, just themselves. Uh, there's a lot of value in that set, even pulling some ultras. So I think that that's another good set as well man of dms were in there the, the big push for man of dms the, yep. the set was absolutely set i would say we say was but it still is like this is gonna be the set that future generations of sets being released are gonna go yeah but it's not age of overlord like that yeah. is what think, every yeah, set exactly. now. it'll be a rise of the duelist for sure yeah like everyone's gonna be that like level. okay yeah it's gonna be like okay this set's cool but is it is it as good as age of overlord and there's no mm -hmm. like well it's almost as good no 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 it has to be as good because this set came out I mean, it's still on fire right now. How good the set is. Yeah. Like, yeah, look at a set as far as like, all right, what's good for the archetypes? What's competitive as far as the three archetypes? Because there's usually three. If not, there's three and some support for some others in every core set. And then there's uh, the generic cards. So if you look at a set like most people used to, at least my quote unquote boomer years uh, for the 2020 year for COVID was the Rise of the Duelist set, which had not only something like Dogmatica, which was probably being put shoved in and shoehorned into almost every deck in that format, but also had generically good staple high value cards such as triple tactics talent forbidden droplet and you know cards like that that were in the meta and you needed to play three of in order to do well and every pack you had the ability to pull something wild and something worth your buck and those are the good sets that i think you need to have across those boards you know yeah it, i mean it's a set that brought inferno nights in front of everybody and inferno nights Absolutely. i mean they ran the meta for a while, uh, and this is that introduced them. But yeah, no, you're right. Droplets and droplets and talents arguably are the best spells. Oh, I want to say like in, it's game. hard to say in the game, but like talents is, is to me is like talents is my favorite card in the game period for spell wise because the card is so broken. Yeah. Uh, uh, droplet, it, it, it's it's here and there. for a while it was. Now it's here and there. But Rise of the Duelist, people to this day are still playing talents. People to this day still want Starlight talents. And it's just something that, like, this set had some just gas right off the gate. And it's still a set that if you had a case sealed, I mean, you still got a good case there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Where, yeah. Compared to other core sets, even even ones that are relatively new, Rise of Duel still blows them out the water. Vendors who went in on Rise definitely were not ashamed of it, you know what I'm saying? They, that was not a dud or a flop set for them at, at all. It was one of the most open uh, sets of that year, excluding the, the Megatons from that year, which surprisingly shocked me because i've said it in past episodes as well uh including i think the two or three episodes ago but the megatons are usually typically the most open quote-unquote set of the year and the megatons got blown out by the rarity collection i think this year i mean i don't even think that i think that's a fact i think everyone thinks that but we'll get into that a little bit later but just to say that 
something is better than the, the that year's Megaton, that is a statement. I think like we've we, that is a nice comparison level, and and usually it's to say how good a set is, but in this case, I think this year it's to say how bad a set is like because i don't think the megatons this year were anywhere near as good as last year's and that's including the last couple years where we haven't had a promo and i still think that those years were way better as far as card content and card quality inside of them than this year's alone the i think the biggest problem with the megatons is when you look at the megatons and you look at 25th anniversary collection as like because they're both reprint sets and, and they both do basically the same thing, ideally on the ground level, what they want to do. They want to make cards cheaper for, for a majority of players who still play competitive but don't want to buy expensive cards. That's what they want to do front end. But I think what, what really messes the Megatons up is the fact that Ash Blossom and Joy Spring, uh, um, I mean, you could go in 25th Anniversary Collection and get one of any variation. In Perm, one of variation. Talents, one of variation. Like, like you just want to, you play and say, give me all your meta staples. And they threw it into an anniversary collection. But when we look at the Megatons, you're like, give me some uh, staple archetypes. Plus yeah. a couple of your staples. And that is like the huge like difference between these two. And this is why Total for Anniversary is definitely in. I mean, it's it's going to be really hard next year. Because I think Konami's going to have to roll out 26th anniversary collection. Because how are you going to top this? It's it's, it's almost I, impossible. Yeah, exactly. It, it is set of not only the year, but I think the decade. I if, if I don't want to go too much into it before we go into the reprint uh, category, but it was a warping, not only for collectors, not only for casual players, not only for competitive players, for like literally like the, this year has been the year of getting people into the game and it shows rarity collections and sets like this, like this is like the wave. I think that we, if we had more sets like this, it would allow more people to get into the game at a lower level and retain people for a longer level, knowing that at the end of the year, they can get all these staples that at whatever rarity they want. You want to go flex, you have the ability to go get the highest one, go, go get yourself a QCR, go flex for the boy. You know what I'm saying? But if you're just wanting to get these cards to play because your budget and like these pay gap is what's getting you out of being a competitive player this is the set to get you back in and now everyone has access to cards like barone not everyone has access to cards like drop it now everyone has access to cards like talents all these staple cards that will be in any other meta that you might have been priced out of on entry you can now come on and play and i think that that's something that it will be marked and i know reprints are meant for that but the 25th anniversary rarity collection did it in no way shape or form like any other reprint set this year so with the good, let me give a, let me give a little uh, salt with the sugar though, because you're right, you're right on a lot of levels. But the problem is also is this set was so good it killed the secondary market for high rarity cards, and I think that's exactly something... yes it did. So so the way I phrase it with Konami is Konami made fifty bucks a day, but they're gonna lose seventy tomorrow. And for for newer sets coming out, if Konami says, oh look at this Starlight rare, a majority of players are like, we'll wait, it's cool. We'll wait for the QCR. Exactly. Rarity collection is going to happen. It's exactly, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes players that, that originally used to buy Starlight Rares out the gate, they're going to wait until the QCR, then they're going to get the Starlight Rare because it's still going to be higher rarity. But they gotta, they're they going to buy the market more strategically, meaning that less money is going to be dumped as a whole into the market. So it does hurt. It, hurt, it hurts the high-rise players. It hurts the vendors as well because you're a vendor. You're cracking them a brand new set and you, go, you got all these Starlight Rares. Your goal is to sell them because a couple of Starlight Rares could definitely pay for what your initial investment. So, but mm -hmm. if no one buys them or people wait, 
it's gonna hurt them so so there is like a, a con to the pro though i will say i'm a massive fan of reprint sets i think reprint sets should always happen in this game uh even before balance because we got a balance coming up like next month but like yeah. i would like like i hope nothing in the 25th anniversary of every collection doesn't get banned but that's historically speaking konami has done massive reprint and they're like everyone's cool you guys spend every, all your money all right cool we're banning this car we're banning this car we're banning. Yep. So this one's to... gone this one's gone hope you yeah. had fun with that one enjoy your month of playing with talents it's banned now you're like come <laughs> on konami <laughs> for real barone's gone sorry guys yeah hope you invested enjoy... in a bunch of those hopefully you got the 40 dollar qcr it, 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 it looks really nice hanging out in your binder <laughs> yeah for sure so I definitely agree with that standpoint. It did affect the market, and I had a couple, I don't mean to keep referring to past episodes, but I definitely had a talk with Duelist that you've met, Antonio, AKA uh, Autumn's Allure, that you met at Nats with me, and mm -hmm. he was talking about an episode with me where I think that the market was going to be in flux, like cards like Starlight Zeus, which came out in Phantom Rage, uh, was like, up where it started out like a $200, $300 card, and then eventually shot up to $500, and then, the ulti was announced and then that one kind of dumped it down but it was still the highest rarity so it kept retaining some value it was like 450 or whatever and then mm -hmm. the reprints came out for the secrets and then the reprints came out for the ultras and then now we're getting into qcrs that are getting reprinted in battles of legend and shit like that and then now that's what's really tanked it so now it's went from a 500 card almost to now maybe being like barely a 250 <laughs> maybe 300 card and like that's crushing the secondhand market in as far as like the collectors and people who, like you said, are vending and trying to buy high rarity cards or investing in these cards, thinking that they'll go up. And then Konami makes them in a similar rarity or does something like reprint them in something that looks almost identical. And now it doesn't matter. I can go get the QCR for cents on the dollar that I'm gonna pay for an actual Starlight Rail, so. Yeah, I mean, I always say by, I always use the example. I go, the reason why people want to get a Lamborghini, because nobody cares about the engine of a Lamborghini. Nobody cares about the Lamborghini's leather. You get a Lamborghini because you want to show wealth. Exactly. And when you get your nice Yu-Gi-Oh deck and you get a max rarity, you feel good because you have in your deck that gorgeous wealth. You have a Lamborghini. But what if Konami said, okay, we're going to release a Toyota version of a Lamborghini. It looks just like a Lamborghini. It has everything. But where it says Lamborghini in the back, it's just going to say Toyota. Toyota. Your Lamborghini, yeah. your Lamborghini is going to, you're going to look goofy riding your Lamborghini now. Because if you, especially if you bought it when, you know, before the pre-Toyota Guinis came out, you're going to feel silly. And that's what these, Q and I mean, I have a huge issue with QCRs because they don't look bad, by the way. I like QCRs, but the problem is that if I like QCRs, why would I buy the Starlight Rares? And that's the market university right now. That's why cars like, and you're right, Zeus. Zeus lost 50% of value. That's the highest mm -hmm. rarity version of a card in our game, losing 50% value. Then you got players holding... In boom, immediately, and then you got players holding like Ghost First Edition Starless Dragon, Ghost First Edition Black Rose Dragon, and they're sweating. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if I was holding those cards, yeah. I don't have them, but if I was holding those cards, I would be, I'd be losing sleep, having nightmares of Konami going, alrighty, QCR, Ghost Rare, we're releasing a new rarity. It's called Fro Frost Rarity. It's kind of like Ghost Rarity, but uh, on the, it's, everything's the same, but the lettering is in gold. 
All right, but it's not Ghost Ray, okay? So you still got the original, so you're Frost happy, Ray right? or something, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and now Star Dragon, which is, used to be $2,000, roughly. I mean, it, it's been all I checked. That card goes to, like, 200 bucks. <laughs> because why would you want to get that when you have the other rarity? Yeah. Everyone now has a Toyota Lamborghini. You feel silly right now. So, and, 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 but, and, and some people might see that as a good thing. I think that's a horrible thing. Because if we don't have a high end I of agree. our market, if our market doesn't have a high end, that means the low end can't really realistically exist because it's interchangeable. And it's only interchangeable when Konami feels that way, meaning they can keep printing product and have people chasing. Uh, uh, oh, the, now we got the Toyota Guinea. Now we got the Corolla Guinea. Now we got the Toyota Cell Guinea. And you're sitting there going, bro, I had the Lamborghini, but now it's there's no point. And, and Konami goes, okay, we're going to come up with a new Lamborghini. You want this one? Why? I'll wait for the Toyota to come out. Like, why would I, why would I push that? So, it's 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 a dangerous game that's being played right now. I love reprints. I love that yeah. Zeus has a lot of. I mean, Zeus needs more reprints to be honest with you. I like Prismatic Secret Rare. Like, they need more. But like other cards like Imperm, Ash, they need a reprint forever. The issue yeah. still is, why would you make a QCR? Because now you killed the, uh, the. Everyone's looking at that and going, well, I guess that means we're never gonna get a star. Guess that's Ash. the highest rare. I guess that's the highest rarity. Yeah. There's the stars. That's it. That's all as high as it goes. Now, if we get a, a Starlight Ash and a Corset, kind of like how we got Ghost Spell, now what's going to be the highest rarity? Like, are we going to like start tanking our money into uh, the now Starlight, or is the QCR going to retain something still because it's still the quarter century rarity? You know what I'm saying? So like, now we're in the struggle of what's the what's the highest rarity? You know? And you got plays in the middle that will cope either way. I would argue the Starlight Rare, but the problem is it'd be a hard argument still because Ash QCR is hard to pull. So like, we're, we're kind of like That's juggling. What I'm saying, yeah, yeah, we're kind of like juggling on losing money. And Konami the whole yeah. time sitting there with Darius Florida going, "Keep buying suckers," because what do they got to lose? They don't got nothing to lose. They have nothing to prove. So what do they have to lose? Mm. They they mm. just have our money. And, and so the QCRs I have a huge issue with. I, I some I think are great. Like Imperm QCR looks great. Um, I think it's cool. But Ultimate Rare costs more money. Why is Ultimate Rare more money? Because it came out of older OTS set. It's a lot harder to find. OTS Ultimate Rare uh, Imperms 100. QCR is 70. Like, and 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 it, it had a recent boost because 10% of TC player, everything did. But when those prices settle, QCRs the QCR will still be lower than, than the Ultimate Rare. Like it doesn't make any sense. So I I, I I don't like I like to play for anniversary and I don't like it for the same reason. I love the reprints, but I hate the high rarity reprints because yeah, it, it, sure. it makes players not want to buy the high rarity stuff anymore. I hate to quote this person from uh what is it, the Incredibles? I think it was what is the syndrome or whatever his Syndrome name was, the villain. <laughs> yeah, but he said his the quote that kind of resonated with me, uh when everyone's super, no one will be. And if you kind of take that at its core, it's like if everything is high rarity, if, if you can just get all these high rarity staples, QCR, uh, we're just gonna do, like I said, we'll just do the new frost rarity where it's like half ghost, half fucking some shit in the name, but you get like a sticker on the back or whatever it is. Like if everything is super, if you keep doing all these quote unquote high rarities of it, nothing's gonna be super anymore. Nothing's gonna hold this value. Nobody's gonna want, like the debate is gonna be for forever debating on what's the highest rarity. Oh, well this one was harder to pull. Oh, well this one's shinier. Oh, well this one has a finer gloss. Oh, well this one was made on better cardstock. You know, like the, the debate goes on and on and on and on. So like, I think that you're right. They should stop fucking with the high rarity shit, but I do agree with giving access to cards to players. I just feel like if you're gonna flex, keep the flexing cards 
the flexing prices but don't be trying to imitate them or if you, like even what i would say the rarity collections uh prismatic collector's rares and shit like that to me they look collector's rare on the border but then they got all those dots on it so they look dt so it's like all right well why are you being a fake ass collector's rare and a fake ass dt at the same time so for that just be one real ass rarity you know just make it a regular uh we'll call it polka dot rare or whatever the fuck you want to call it but like why are you trying to like sully a collector's rare name because now anyone who goes to these side sets and pulls a collector's rare or thinks that these side set collector's rares look anything like these ones they're going to be sorely mistaken when i first saw argus animador argosaurs the collector's rare in front of me in person i was blown away by how beautiful a card could actually fucking look those collector's rares are yeah. high and away such high end quality of those cards they're beautiful. Exactly. Then to see it sullied by prismatic collectors rare or whatever, it just uh, that just doesn't sit right with me. Like they're gonna get the wrong idea, and I just think that you, why are you imitating these high rarity cards? Just leave them alone. Reprint them in a different rarity or call it something different. Yeah, no, no. I think we fucked up, Xavier. By the way, frost rarity is coming out soon. We <laughs> fucked up. Sorry to every ghost rare player, ghost rare owner, but. Uh... Oh man, it's gonna hurt. I mean, even like look at those uh, look at those legendary duelist shits. They're reprinting ghosts one at a time. You just had fucking what is it, Silent Arc reprinted, then you had uh Crystal Wing reprinted, and now you got Salomon Great Sunlight Wolf being reprinted. Like, yo, the ghost rares are up for fucking great. Yo, they might be another rarity out here. They're gonna have fake ass ghosts, they're gonna have transparent rare or some shit. We could be wrong. Yeah. Konami's hungry and they're coming for your old collectible cards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, there's there are some QCRs that I like. Like, Mud Dragon QCR is a great QCR. It's it's amazing. So I do think there's some that they do right. But when you do a QCR of a card like Ivy Mascarena, you just told everyone that owns a Starlight. You told them a big F, yeah. like a big fuck you to yeah. everyone that owns a Starlight. Well, rare. Nuts. And those cards are expensive. Yeah, and, th and those cards are expensive. They used to be eleven hundred, fifteen hundred dollars. And and I don't think Konami understands. Maybe they do. They don't care. But. Ivy Mascarena, uh, I mean, that is the peak of what people want. People want to climb mountains not because they want to go and exercise. They want to climb because not everyone can do so. People want a Lamborghini because not everyone can get it. But when you get it, it's, you know, it's a huge achievement. Yeah. And you want a deck that has max rarity cards because not everyone could have it. And when Konami makes it easier for everyone to get it, you're right. Synd hey, listen, Syndrome? Man, he works at Konami because he's he's knocking it out the park yeah. when it comes to like some of these stars. He's, the he's a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's like, I got a grand idea. It's gonna make you guys a lot of money. Fuck, fuck people that have high value cards. We're, we're gonna QCR everything. Like, what's it gonna look like? It's gonna look exactly like the Starlight Rare. All right, well, what cards are we gonna do? The Starlight Rares. Those are the ones we're gonna do. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you like you like that Starlight Rabbit Masquerina? We'll do the same exact one. We're gonna make her ink look a little bit better, and we're gonna make her foiling the, the, the lettering a little silly. But it's the same exact card. They're not gonna buy it. They'll buy it, bro. Buy it, That's why. If you know, if you notice, QCRs didn't come out. We didn't get 24th anniversary like today. They slow. Konami stuck the tipping. Then a shaft. And now the whole dicks in our ass yep. because they're fucking over everyone that owns Starlight Rabbit. Literally, the whole comp the whole collector's market is in i would i don't want to say oh, shambles. shambles i don't i didn't want to say shambles <laughs> but it's i will it. say it's not in a good spot right now but, but now, now, now here's the thing here's what i see this, this is my and i'm gambling a lot of money but this is what i've been doing slowly i've been verbal about this a lot as well i've been slowly buying starlet rares 
because everyone, Warren Buffett had a great quote. He goes, when it's green in the market, uh, I'm paraphrasing because I suck at quotes, but when it's green in the market, don't run to it. But when it's fear in the market, that's when you should be running yeah. into it. Right now for Starlight Rares, I, I mean, I think we could all agree there's so much fear in the market. So when I see fear in the market, what do I do? I buy in. So I bought recently, and I have them in my hand, Starlight Red Dark, Starlight Red Hida. Uh, um, I just spent 800 bucks, uh, $740, bought the OTP uh, dusters. Like, I'm buying cards that I think that, you know, once again, once the market bounces back, these cards will maintain, yeah. and not only just maintain, but even increase in value. Yeah. So there is still a lot of great cards to buy via Starlight Rares and old harder-to-get cards like TP8, uh, Harpy Vita Duster. But you got to buy strategically, and you got to run. Like, you got to – this is the best time to buy because it's wintertime. Yeah. It's Christmas right around the corner. No one's buying when your when cards. People water, are jumping them. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and that is the thing that, like – so there is opportunity, right? I, I think so. What's that? I'm gambling. I could be wrong. Hey. Next year, come on, Konami goes, QC are heated and dark, eat ass. And I'm screwed. <laughs> That's fine. But like, <laughs> I mean, I'll take I'll take a $500 you know, hit for two Starlight Rares any day of the week. But there's a chance it could not happen. And there's a chance those Starlight Rares maintain and Konami starts putzing around. And we could see some huge movements in the Starlight Rare market. I agree with that too. Like, as he said, like when there's blood in the water, the sharks will feed and I, I learned that with stocks and the stock market almost mimics something similar to how the Yu-Gi-Oh market is so if you kind of end one you kind of end the other uh and I agree with that statement wholeheartedly I think that this this is the time where hey if you believe that this is the time to get that high rarity card if you ever wanted those core set starlight talents now's the time because they got QCRs that are going to knock this is the discount price if anything these are homie prices you might as well get in now while the, the getting's good because they might bounce back People might want OG prints, you know, something might happen with the QCRs, you never know, like they might just fall off because they are a side set rarity, I would say not side set rarity, but because they were in core sets too, but they were just a rarity for this year, supposedly, we'll see what happens next year, they might give us some another rarity that we might not even know about, so I, I agree, if this is the time, if you want those high rarity shiny cars, this is the time to get in on them. And, and I'll say one card, Lightning Storm Starlight Rare is $100. A year ago, it was three hundred and thirty dollars. Yep, exactly. That's so it has lost more than yeah, it's lost more than seventy percent of value. Yes, there's a lot of printings, unless it's a QCR. It's always a QCR, but there's a ton of printings. But Lightning Storm Rare is a phenomenal example of how fearful this market is, and there's fear everywhere. People are arguing with me. I, I was debating on buying Prosperity or TPA Duster, and people are arguing with me, saying it's not worth it. Get the QCR. That's how Konami got a lot of players by the balls, but the players understand that if you don't put a ceiling for anybody and there's no goals, there's nothing to climb, people will lose interest. And I think that with this market, uh, and I think Konami will, will hopefully see that and start reestablishing uh, uh, the ceiling of higher rarities, lower rarities, middle rarities, yeah. different variations, but still holding that ceiling. The min-max definitely is uh, going to be in shambles for a while. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> okay. But getting back into the episode for you guys, now that we've gone over all of the sets, we've had our opinions on these core sets and these side sets and stuff, we're going to go ahead and categorize everything as far as the type of sets that they came in, and then we're going to rank them as far as first, second, or third. So starting with core sets for this year, we have Photon Hypernova, Cyberstorm Access, Duelist Nexus, and Age of Overlord. And to remind everyone, Photon Hypernova had cards that were introduced to us. I'm just kind of going to uh, say some of the archetypes that came in that are notable and any of the support that came in it, as well as the generic cards. 
So for Photon Hypernova, we have Triple Chat uh, Tactics Thrust that everyone knows is a stable card. We had the Cash Tier support in Theosis, Riseheart, and Riseheart, which obviously was OP and RIP my nigga Riseheart. He ain't do nothing wrong. Bring him back. Free my homie. <laughs> uh, he ain't do no wrong. Then we also had Grand Guineal and Rimbrum brought into the branded package, which allowed them to start doing the gimmick lock after they got the trap card banning. So uh, it was basically the same thing all over again, except for now you can't target it. Uh, now they're getting that send, that send, I guess. And then we also had archetypes like Gold Pride introduced to it as well. Then we have Cyberstorm Access, which brought us cards such as Chaos Angel, uh, Quem of the Virtuous, and Albion the Sanctifier for Branded, because apparently they just love Branded. Then we had the Bestial Despater, or, or Despotter, whatever the hell you want to say it. Uh, so he was uh, came out there, and then we also had the support to decks like Super Heavy Samurai by getting Super Heavy Wakashi, and then uh, archetypes introduced to us with Manadium, which was probably one of the underwhelming archetypes that was introduced, but wound up coming out to be pretty strong with a little bit more support in the coming uh, sets. Then we have Duelist Nexus, which brought us cards like Revolution Synchron, Crimson Dragon, which is another staple in our meta right now, Dark Corridor for uh the dark world players and i think that that was another good card for them i not to say that they are not competitive or not meta uh they are kind of lurking in that road to tier two status but that's another great card for them we also got support for unchain and yama and uh the savara i think the common uh evil swore lars came out in this for dino players and then we also got generic cards like fusion armament and then the archetypes that we got was the Chimera Fusion support. And then we also imported a brand new type uh, for monsters being the Illusion type. So that all came out in Duelist Nexus. And then finally, we had Age of Overlord being obviously iconic cards in our today's meta like SP Little Knight, uh, Typhon Sky Crisis, uh, generic cards like uh, Infernal Flame Banshee, which may not be good right now, but it's going to be good later on when Pyro start getting their time. We have uh, Fire Recovery, which was good for those fire decks, such Salomon Greats, which uh, I think someone I was, if I want to remember, it was our own local player, Louis, little Louis had quoted saying that Fire Recovery was just as good, if not better than uh, Sign Up Mining for the deck, which I, that's crazy to me. So another good card that came out of it. And then we also had the archetypes that are really, really notable being Sinful Spoils or the Star engine, as well as the Horus engine that came out as well. So, are there anything that are you want to kind of brush up with these uh, sets before we start ranking them from best to worst? Because we definitely have a clear-cut winner. I think we both agree uh, number one, but I think maybe two, three, and four might be a little dicey. Yeah, I mean these these are I mean all these sets had something to bring to the table, and th this has been a phenomenal year as far as like core sets for this game because everything had something for some player. Uh, universally, once again, we agree Age of Ola was basically for everybody, but like every one of these sets still had so much gas in it for a certain type of player. And if you put them together, I mean, almost every player has benefited tremendously from at least one of these core sets. Okay. So, and I can agree with that too. Like every archetype definitely saw some love this year and the love they saw was pretty good support. Maybe it wasn't game warping or, you know, meta breaking, but it definitely boosted their potential and their ceiling, allowing them to, I would guess, have another chance to play in a different format. So I could agree with that. Let's hear, I think we'll hear your first, second, third, fourth, and then I'll go right behind that. 
All right, so that, yeah, definitely is Age of Overlord. We talked about that a ton. That's easily like number one. Number two, I'm gonna go with Photon Hypernova. Uh, uh, one, cause Kashiras were just out the gate insane. Thrust would be like the predecessor to Talents. I still think Talents is better, but it, but Thrust, you know, people might go, well, no, I think Thrust is better, and, and that's fine. Uh, I, I love Thrust. Uh, it, it changes the way certain players play their decks now. If you look at like Flunnery players, they all main thrust so they can set like a trap, the trap card. So they wasn't get hand trapped. They have the chance to redo engine. Uh, and I'm not trying to say yay Flunnery players. I know a lot of people don't like them, but hey, listen, their whole game, their whole mentality changed because of one card out of this set. Yep. Uh, Labyrinth got a huge boost. Yep. Uh, Branded got Grand Guigano. So I mean, like Photon Hyperno is easily number two. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, that's. It's hard to say that it's not, you know, it's just such a good set. Yeah. Uh, as far as number three, so between these two sets, I would probably have to give it to, um, it would have to be Duelist Nexus, I guess, because Expert Lenore is just, I mean, it's one of the top decks right now. And this set really put it on the map. Um, you know, Chimera obviously gave Brandon a second wind. So, I mean, it definitely have to be this set. Chrism Dragon is so underrated right now. Yeah. That card is crazy. That as well as Rip. So, we're in a majority mid-range kind of meta. It feels combo-y, kind of more mid-range. But anytime we get combo comes back, Revolution Synchron is another card. I think that every combo deck is going to want to have at least one copy of this card. Yeah. I, I think that card has a lot of potential. Hideaway, one of the better cards of the set. Oh, yeah. And then, so that would make. That's my top. So, three. so that would be putting Cyberstorm Access as your last place, fourth place for as far as course. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Brandon player. I love Brandon, and I know Gwem came in Cyberstorm Access. Gwem's a great card, but I mean, compared to the other Brandon cards we've gotten, Gwem doesn't hold a candle to it. I like Chaos Angel a lot. The problem with Chaos Angel is we need three of them in a lot of decks you play, particularly Labyrinth. So my like. I don't like the tie price point. I don't like, I mean, th this set is good, but it has its own set of problems, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, this is definitely uh, uh, the last one out of the core sets that I would go, okay, this is a good, you know, it's not bad, but I'm not going all crazy about them, you know? And the Starlight Bridge of this set are, are meh at best. Yeah, no, I, I definitely saw the notable ones. I think our lists are pretty similar. I think we have a couple of differences. Obviously, we both agree that Age of Overlord was probably one of the best core sets that we've got this year with staples that are notable in our meta like and i'm going off of meta relevance as well as archetypes that actually did something and like if your meta relevance or staples are actually in the meta currently being used not like potential of cards because we can always talk about everyone's potential but we're actually going to talk about things that matter like what the results are so Obviously, number one being Age of Overlord with Little Knight being resulted, being the best card probably right behind Fenrir being released in 2023. And uh, cards like Typhon, which changed the way that stun decks can now play and maneuver in a world full of combo players. And then we also have engines that are notable and literally rising the, the decks that they're utilized with, i.e. cards like uh, the Sinful Spoil package in decks like rescue ace the horus engine in a deck like phantom knights or tier elements or any rank eight turbo being able to booster their their levels or oh, sorry booster their power uh that is what i'm taking into account so age of ruler number one number two i have is photon hypernova because of the generically we had cards like thrust 
uh, we have cards that, like you said, we were brought to us for the Brandon engine, like Grand Guineal and Rimbum, which uh, Rimbum is now used in the Illusion Chaos or Chimera thing. So um, that's another meta relevant card. Uh, we also had Riseheart, which was ban banned. So we have a banned card. It was too strong that released in this set. So although it was a, a three-way split between first, second, and third for me, Photon came away because it has a banned card on it. So Arisar was format warping. I think the, the strength of that deck or that monster alone was over the top. Uh, so that made it a three-way tie, or sorry, two-way tie for third and fourth. And I actually went with Cyberstorm Access being third and uh, Duelist Nexus being fourth. And my argument there was, all right, let's look at these meta cards, quote unquote, or the staples in this. Uh, the staples being Chaos Angel, which is used in almost any synchro deck. Uh, things like Despater, which is again, used in almost every synchro deck. And then uh, cards from Duelist Nexus, like Revolution Synchron, which was one of those hype cards I was talking about that was supposed to be get meta changing, but really didn't do too much. Uh, we did have Crimson Dragon, which again is another staple in every single uh, synchro deck. So I then had to go to the support that was given. Super Heavy Samurai Wakashi, in my eyes, got the Super Heavy Samurai engine hit. They, they saw some bands the very next ban list that came out right after the release because they were very, very strong. Uh, and I didn't see anything uh, in Duelist Nexus that potentially could get banned. The only thing I saw was maybe something in the Unchained archetype getting banned, but I don't think it would be Yama or sh maybe, maybe Shavara because that's what kind of really set it over the top. But like, that's what really broke it away from me is like what was banned enough to actually do something to where people had to be like, all right, this isn't fair anymore. So Riseheart came number two because he was the direct problem. Number three came to Super Heavy Samurai seeing bands and then Dueling Nexus, unfortunately seeing four. But that was just my tier list. But now we can move over into the side sets for the year. And the side sets for the year, as some people will know, are Amazing Defenders, uh, Maze of Memories, Battles of Legend, Monsters Revenge, and sorry, sorry. Side sets are Amazing Defenders, Wild Survivors, Soul Burning Volcano, uh, the Legendary Duelist uh, Legacy, and then the Valiant Smashes that we just got introduced a couple weeks ago, or if not last week. So starting off, we have Amazing Defenders, which brought us to Pearly, Makanko, and Rescue Ace archetype. Then we have Wild Survivors, which gave us Vanquished Souls, the Xenosaurs, which is the dinosaur support, and then Nuevels, which was the Hungry Burger support, for those who don't know. Then we also got the Soul Burning Volcano, giving us Salmon Gray support, Volcanic support, as well as Battling Boxer support, with Dempsey being put in almost every Fire Warrior archetype. Uh, Salmon Great seeing cards like Salmon Great of Fire and uh, the other Weasel that I think that came out in there as well. And as well as vol Volcanic support, sending the Blaze Accelerator and then the uh, new one that places one and the new one that special summons itself and does burn damage. Like that actually was a viable support for the deck and I think that those were all you know worthy and then we had Valiant Smashes which brought us the Centurion archetype the Memento archetype and then the Val Monica uh, which is the Pendulum archetype so uh, what are your rankings for these ones do you think Amazing Defenders easily <laughs> I mean it's so yeah. hard to wreck anything near it because yeah. it's so good uh, I mean, yeah definitely Amazing Defenders is 100% number one that's I mean that goes without saying because uh, it's such a good set uh, number two is probably going to be, I think be Wild Survivors. And the reason why is because of Vanquish Souls. Like, Vanquish Souls is, is still crazy good. Uh, it's still getting people dubs to this day. It sucks because, like, Hungry Burk is in there. but And, like, the Dino Chasers are in there, which didn't really do anything for dinosaurs. Other than give them high, more chase cards. Mm -hmm. 
but like Vanquish Souls definitely, definitely outperformed. Uh, 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 so I have to put him as number two. Uh, number three, I would go uh, with Valiant Smashers. Even though Centurions aren't doing as much, I still think like a deck like Centurions with like Horus, like there's still a potential of what Centurions can do. Uh, and I think that's definitely worth a number three slot easily. I think Centurions are good. I like Mementos as well. I think Mementos have a huge, huge opportunity. Yes. They haven't done anything yet, but yeah, they have a lot of potential. But Centurions, it's starting to get some wins. Uh, then, then, then after that one, I'm gonna go with Maze of Memories, and Maze of Memories has nothing meta-wise, but it has meta reprints. So like Burn the Floor, which was like 100, almost near 150 now. Uh, Guardian Chimera, uh, for Heroes, wake up the Element the Hero. Uh, a couple of hero plays actually did top. Uh, the guy that top nationals actually played Welcome to Element the yep, Hero. Yeah. Uh, Excel Synchro Starter Dragon. I mean Mana Diems. Uh, use that uh, terahertz. Uh, so I mean there, there's definitely some. There's definitely some stuff here, but nothing core specific, but universally. And the last one's easy gonna be uh, uh, Legendary Duel Summoner and Rekano. I think this set has some good cards in it, but like the main one is the most expensive card in the set is Sunlight Wolf Ghost Rare. That's it, 50 bucks, you know? Uh, there's some salad, salad cards that are in here that are decent. I do think Salad is gonna get a lot better, but the prices of the set speak for itself. Like no one's really buying boxes. Um, and the boxes of this set, by the way, is $29 a box. Like, people, yeah. vendors are selling this box at a loss. They're just saying, because they're just trying to get rid of it. Please take this from me. <laughs> please, I, I pray to you, get rid of this. I think we still have boxes uh, I mean, of our yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, everywhere I've been to has boxes of this. It's great. And like I said, Sunlight Wolf, you could buy a box of this set. Or, or spend a couple of bucks more and get your Ghost Rare Sunlight Wolf. And the minute you get that, congratulations, you have now the most expensive card in the set. The second most expensive card is like 16 bucks, 15 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely the most lackluster set, though I think it has, like I said, with Sunlight Wolf, I think it's going to see more play soon. But right now, this is easy lowest one in Totem Pole. Yeah, I think our lists are pretty similar. Uh, I agree with a lot of your points. I definitely had the, like, once again, I was going off of what I thought would be more competitive and what's having the meta relevance as well as uh, sticking around for like the bang your buck, like what's influencing uh, ban lists, card markets and stuff like that, what's got hype. So starting with my number one, I had Amazing Defenders as well. As I, prayed, I preached that this uh, archetype was, or sorry, I preached that this side set was one of the best sets to release for the year. Uh, and as far as competitively, not for like, you know, what actually got opened. Uh, but this was far and away bringing all three archetypes have touched competitive play and seen success. So uh, far and away, the number one. My number two was Wild Survivors. Once again, with your opinion also being the Vanquished Souls doing a little bit more than I think the Saturians were for Valiant Smashers, which being the only like differentiator. I think that Mementos have, has a little bit more potential than the Nuivels. Not to say that the Hungry Burger support isn't good because we have a duelist, shout out to Austin Despa, who actually knows and has uh, to operate that, that deck. So she's told us how like it maneuvers and it's actually kind of cool, but I think Mementos might have a little bit more, uh, I would say gas if they get the, like the right cards in the next like coming supports uh, sets. <clears throat> and then Valmonica, obviously I would compare it to the Xenosaurs being probably one of the least used, but I would say probably a booster to that archetype. Valmonica does do something for Pendulum. Xenosaurs did do something for Dinosaurs, even if they didn't see competitive play. But 
yeah, I put Wild Survivors number two, Valiant Smashers number three for that reason. And then obviously, I think we both agree that Soul Burning Volcano is just a flop of a set. Just like last year, we had the Legendary Duelist, uh, was it Abyss from the Deep or whatever it is, where we they reprinted the Silent Arc of XYZ. It was just like the chase card was Droplet. And if you didn't pull Droplet, that was kind of it for you. And it just reminded me just like that, like Solomon Gray support was good for that one specific art type, but if you're not playing Salad, who gave a fuck? Uh, volcanic support was cool, I'll give him that, but it's only being used for degenerate things like runic stun burn, so fuck that. And then Battling Boxer hasn't had anything but one XYZ monster being played competitively. So once again, got the last place for me. So I, mean, I think we agreed a little bit on that as well. Uh, going to- Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you have anything? No, no, I agree. I, I, I think that, like, and, and the thing, like, there's a lot of potential, but you know, for a lot of these sets, for, you know, for the most part, that's all it really has to offer to the player. Exactly. Is, hey, there's potential here. <laughs> if you want to get in, now's the time. I see it. Absolutely. But uh, moving on <laughs> to reprints for the year, which would be a little, a little bit more of a talking point for us. We have card, sorry, sets like Maze of Memories. Uh, Battles of Legend, Monstrous Revenge, the 2023 Megaton, and obviously 25th Anniversary Rarity Collection. I think we all have a far and away first, but I kind of am curious to see where your second, third, and fourth is going to be, just because I think mine might be a little bit different in this category. But we have Maze of Memories, which brought us cards like Excel Stardust Dragon. Uh, we have the Guardian Chimera reprint, which I think was really cool because it was only a secret at that point in time. Wake Up Your Elemental Hero, as you said, top to YCS which is pretty cool. We had the first reprint of Baron de Floor in ultra rare as well, oh, sorry, ultra rare as well, which basically uh, leveled the playing market. I mean, it made Baron from a $90 uh, ultra to like a $45 ultra or something like that and gave a, that set a chase card. Uh, Terahertz is a card that actually sees uh, meta relevance with uh, Rescue Ace. So that's a cool mention, at least. Solemn Judgment being reprinted was really cool. And we also had imported the Gate Guardian support, which may not be any competitive, like, boost but i love it and then we had battles of legends monstrous revenge which gave us assault synchron uh shadows of light sorry shadows light which was used for the pk package du duality which i think is still a broken card itself it does a lot for what uh it breeds and like what you have to give up uh divine arsenal aa zeus got another reprint in here uh, and it also got a Starlight, or sorry, I would say Starlight, but it also got a QCR uh, in this set as well. Might as well be a Starlight. And then we also saw reprints like Super Poly, Book of Eclipse being in Secret Rare, the whole right package, or like I think like 85% of the right package got reprinted. And we also saw reprints to cards like IP Mascarena as well. And then we get into the 2023 Megatons where we have supposedly the most impactful set as far as reprints of the year but I think it might've flopped this year, uh, but we had cards imported such as Psychic and Punisher. The Bestial packages were in there, all of them from um, Lubellion to Magnema, Jewish Worm, even uh, the other one, uh, Baldrake. So all good cards. Uh, we had reprints for Garura, uh, Karma Cannon, uh, which was I think another good trap card that was in there. V Zombie Vampire was another reprint, Illusion of Chaos. Uh, Therion Regulus, Spellbound, the whole Runic engine was reprinted. All the Exorcists were reprinted. The OG uh, Kashira Core from Darkwing Glass was reprinted, as well as Dinomorphia. You got the whole engine in there as well. So those were some of the engines and the, the I would say, talking point spell or reprints for uh, 
matter relevance. And then we have the 25th anniversary rarity collection, which brought us uh, reprints such as Ash Blossom and Joy Spring. Uh, we have Bell, oh, sorry, Ghost Bell Haunted Man Mansion, Imperm, Talents, uh, Valor, Nibiru, Shifter, another copy of Baron de Floor, Borload, Savage Dragon, Nightmare Unicorn, Lava Golem, staples like Forbidden Droplet, Called By, Dark Ruler No More, Pot of Desires, and Pot of Prosperity, notable. Uh, evenly matched Lightning Storm, Dimensional Barrier, and things like Change of Heart as well. So, Fire and Away, I think, one of the better sets. I think we're both going to agree on that. But what do you think it would be your second, third? Uh, as, and what do you think, if you have anything else you want to say about the Rarity Collection, why you, we're obviously going to put it first? Yeah, 12th Anniversary Rarity Collection, I think, takes away. Even though like has its negatives, the positives just outweigh. The amount of reprints is so good for players. So, that's definitely number one. Uh, number two, I mean, this is where it's so hard because a lot of these sets have something to offer. But then... You, you got to go by like you know like meta relevance you got to go by uh, has a lot of players to top of ycs or nationals and i think i gotta i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with maze of memories just because of guardian chimera wiggly elemental hero baron de fleur i mean these these are re even though these are reprints these cards are so impactful mm -hmm. it's hard not to just like point at them and go these are the good ones. Yeah. These are the ones everyone likes. Even Excel started. So I think I gotta go with imported that. too in that set. Like had a good had yeah, a good imports. Excel that card's insane. Like it's such a good reprint. It's crazy that Konami's like, yeah, we're just gonna let you know give this to the player base like this early, you know. You would think we'd get something I, I think would think we'd get something like this a lot later on in the game. This so, so to see it so early is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so I think, I mean, that's, you know, uh, number three, I would go, man, I would go probably Basil Legends, Monsters Revenge, just because of, you know, the amount of reprints. Uh, um, I mean, obviously some reprints I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about than others, but the sheer amount of reprints in that set is absolutely nuts. Yeah. Uh, and I think it gives more reprints than the actual Megatons, which the job of the Megatons is to give us the reprints. But like Bowser Legends just did did the reprints better, so I think I'm gonna go with Bowser Legends, and the last one definitely would be the Megatons. I don't think Megatons were bad this year, but comparatively to the I other disagree. sets, it, but you think it was bad? I think they were horrible this year. I think that there was so much I, I, hype and everything else that the Megatons just happened to flop. If you didn't pull Fenrir and you didn't pull the Bellion, what the fuck did you pull? You know what I'm saying? No value. Well, it definitely gave a, it definitely gave a lot as far as reprint wise to the player base, uh, um, compared to like the you know compared you know in comparison to previous Megatons, it did do a lot for meta relevant reprints. But yeah, no, I mean you look at Twilight Anniversary, uh, Legends of Monster Revenge, it just did it really good. And I think Konami kind of outpaced themselves. So by the time they said, "Oh, we're gonna give you reprints," we're like, "Hold on, what's what's the story with this Twilight Anniversary collection?" Because you said Barone. And over here, you're showing us Ash Blossom, but yet here you're showing us Ash Blossom in different rarities. So I think Konami kind of just like like stubbed their own foot by by letting us know about 25th anniversary rarity collection by the time we're about to get the re, uh, the Mega Tens. Hmm. My list was very very similar to yours. I think we have the almost the identical like placements, 
but I think I had it for a couple different reasons. I think obviously we have the 25th anniversary rated collection coming in number one, but with the way I, I wanted to judge this particular section or this category was not only by meta relevance, because obviously there's not a lot of imports, there's only like two or three, maybe a handful of good ones in each reprint set uh, that we get throughout the year. And I didn't want to be competitive on like the two or three that we might get that may not be good, but on what cards that were reprinted in them that are also relevant in the meta as far as staples that people need once again access to. So I think that the cards that gave us the most access and the hardest hitting access is the way I was gonna categorize it. So obviously 25th anniversary rated collection giving us not only main deck staples like Ash Blossom and all the hand traps and the beer shifter, yada yada, but also extra deck monsters like fucking Baron de Floor, obviously Borload Savage Dragon. Uh, you know, I said Unicorn, uh, I think earlier, like things like that, more uh, access to meta relevant extra deck cards, as well as side deck cards like Lightning Storm, like Dimensional Barrier, like Evenly Match, like Dark Ruler No More. You know what I'm saying? So it had a, a variety of all of your deck's mm. needs, which is what I was kind of blown away by. And I think we agreed with Maze of Memories as second, but for different reasons. I think you went with like the reprints for Guardian Chimera, where I was kind of going as, all right, what it what was needed at that point in time? We did need a Guardian Chimera reprint. We did need a Solemn Judgment reprint. Like Solemn Judgment, I think the super from, uh, what is it? The fucking set that Eldritch came out in. Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank, whatever it was. It, was like a four or five dollar super because if we just needed judgments it was being cycled back into the format we had no available copies but the super from a side set so another reprint was i think that was really good and i think it was just a little bit more competitive as far as like the excel uh, stardust being a little bit more viable in today's meta than something like assault synchron from uh battles of legend or any of the fucking real cards from the megatons uh so I put that in number two for those reasons. Bat uh, number three came the Legends because uh, the once again, the amount of reprints that we got, we also got the importing of the uh, QCRs for these as well. So that was something that was, I think, cutting to see that at that point in time, we were getting these already Starlights like IP Mascarena and uh, Divine Arsenal AA Zeus cut down in market price. So just to see the way the market reacted to these, I put these in third because it didn't really help the market at all. Although it did give access like Super Poly, which was a $10 fucking common. Uh, Book of Eclipse, which was reaching to be a couple dollars for the Ultra out of Duelist, uh, Dual Devastator or whatever it came out of. The right package, which was starting to see a climb uh, in that meta or that format. So I put that one in number three. And then the Megatons were just very, very disappointing to me. Usually there's something that, like, I, and, that, and I don't want to blame the Megatons. I, I really don't. Because as you said, they weren't like necessarily bad. I have to blame the core sets from last year being so lackluster that even when you take the highlight cards from every single core set from last year and put them in one product, it still flops in comparison to reprints from this year. Like with cards like fucking wake up your elemental hero being more better relevant and seeing more YCS plays than fucking anything that you would have seen in a Megaton like Illusion of Chaos or uh, Regulus. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like those cards, yeah, cool that we got them, but like the secrets for those core sets 
weren't that crazy because they weren't seeing that much competitive play anyway so bringing a necessity to, to cards that people already didn't want like all right didn't really seem that much and then i hate when they do like secret rare in a core set that's like 80 dollars, and then that everyone's gonna want for a while and then it's a prismatic secret rare in the megaton and then now the secret rare is gonna tank to like seven dollars because if they're gonna want something they're gonna want the prismatic secret which looks you know way better in my opinion but obviously is way easier to pull so the value of it isn't anywhere near like the core set secrets but it influxes the market uh, fluctuates the market that way as well and i just ugh, it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth so i definitely put the megatons this year at fourth but for the monsters and cards inside of it not so much what the product had uh, as an impact is for the like the market yeah i mean the megatons you always come out with stuff that players want at that moment and then the subsequent balance is what comes out and then changes the way the players the players want afterwards so like players will look at something and say oh me you know i'm really glad we got a lot of reprints for uh kashiras and konami's like yeah yeah you got kashiras and then the first the next balance by the way, we're getting rid of a rice heart. So I exactly, mean, yeah. Have fun with cash tears with that without the best card they, in the deck. So Konami has had a history of doing this to the player base. It, this is something that like they've done constantly, where they're like, "Here, you guys really want this," and we're like, "Oh, we really do want this. Cool." And then right afterwards, they're like, "All right, now it's time to uh, to ban those cards that you want." So they they've done it with almost every Megaton set that had a, a a core subset. If you look if you look at the core the Megatons with core subsets. And then you look at the ban list, they've done it with like every Megaton. It's almost to the point where like, you would say, hey, listen, let's say next Megaton says, okay guys, we're gonna have rescue support. All right, sell your rescue aces because they're about to get banned. Yeah. Like it's it's gonna happen. Has it killed the deck to in, total in, in, total in totality? Oh, it's hard to say no, but there are some decks that can still play a little bit in, in previously. Uh, but for the most part, when you look at a deck like, uh, like Kashira's, I mean, that deck, it got neutered. No one's playing yeah, it right when now. You got, when yeah, you got no decks like it. Runic, it being the highest performing archetype or engine that you reprint in it, and then you're going to reprint Dinomorphia, which takes the right format to be in, and then Exosister, which again takes it in the right format. Not to say that Exosister is bad, because obviously the uh, guy who earned his way to Worlds was playing it. I don't remember the top of my head, but he played Exosister for the Worlds grind and the Worlds uh, competition, and he won. So not to say it's not a viable deck, mm -hmm. it's just not something that was super expensive that we needed reprinted away and once again makes up for the lackluster of how good these sets were when they came out last year so it just and then my opinion says that we need better cards in these core sets like the megatons next year are going to be lit you know what i'm saying we're taking all these better cards from these core sets these side sets and we put them in a, a one product oh my god it's going to be fuck imagine like the access of maybe even a super rare sp night you know what I'm saying? Or a platinum, or sorry, prismatic secret rare Typhon. You know what I'm saying? Or cards like that from like the, you know, oh, yeah. shit, shit like that is going to be like selling the set. Not any of these, like the, what do you call it? Um, uh, Val, Monica, fucking pendulum shit. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to sell anything. Who cares if that shit gets put in there? But moving on. Right. I, I mean, oh, yeah. Like, what you got? One more. Well, I was going to say, with, with, but that's the thing with the Megatons. So let's say they put um, like SP in there. They'll be like, all right, you like it? Cool. And then like the next month, there's a good chance SP gets banned. Yeah. Because the Megatons is almost like the most hottest thing in the Megatons is ideally the most thing to get banned on. So everyone's excited. Then you have about a month of fun. 
And then there's a good chance if it's not banned, it's neutered so badly to the point of why would I even want to play it? Yeah. Or or power creep almost immediately. Yeah, I was just about to say power creep was definitely something that might be able to influence it as well. Like, yeah, sure, SP Little Knight is what's hot right now, but come this time next year, it may not even be a thing. I mean, same like how Hulk was like really really good when it came out, but Hulk of Fibrax went formats being the king and then started to die down and once he died down is when they banned him which was like so out of touch from konami but like cards like that definitely are gonna make a difference i would say but like the megatons next year are gonna be lit uh but going on to the next categories the next one is a couple two or sorry the next two categories should be pretty fast uh just because they're pretty small and we have structured x and last or this year we had trap tricks and crimson king and fire kings which comes out December 8th. So we haven't had Fire Kings, which was a little bit wonky for how we are gonna place this one, but uh, I would figure we would just go off of hype and meta relevance. So out of those three, what are your, what's your first, second, third? Ooh. Um, I would go with Fire Kings being number one just because of how impactful. I mean, it's still all theoretical, but I mean, Oshis is just a, 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 a blurred mirror into what, what's gonna happen with us. And I think Fire Kings is going to find its way into, a lot, besides being just amazing itself, it's going to find its way into a lot of decks. I think beginning of next year, majority of the best decks are going to be Fire, Fire something. Uh, that's how like important Fire Kings is. Uh, number two, I would probably go with Trap Tricks, just because, you know, we were talking you know players can't take some you know some of these to regionals and do good but people could authentically take trap tricks to regions and do good as a starter deck it's been done several times so i think trap tricks is, is definitely that deck that has the potential to bring a player to a regional invite even though it's started deck which is really cool and then i would crimson king i'd probably have to go i mean it's a close third i was close second but i'd probably have to go through a third even though it's also the kind of it's almost in the same category I think Traffic just did it more bigger, but yeah, I, I do think Crimson Kings is definitely close to that as well. I think the way I placed it, instead of not because not to say matter of relevance is anything, but because Fire Kings we didn't have right now, we can't see its performance. Uh, I wanted to go off of what was in the cards as far as the set itself. So like what is in every single structure deck, not only with the archetype, but as far as the staples that got pr uh, printed alongside. So in Fire Kings, I know we're getting imperm and stuff like that. So Fire Kings not only gonna be competitive, but also have a set of meta relevant cards or staples going into that uh, deck with it, which helps with the accessibility. So uh, that's really cool. So I put Fire Kings number one. I had Crimson Kings going in second place solely due to the fact that once again we want to look at the value for these cards and cards like vision crimson or crimson vision or, or crimson resonator uh vision resonator the bone guy uh those are all cards that are actually keeping the value of the set or the structure deck up in this case whereas trap tricks i put third because although they had pretty good you know generic uh staples i would say i think lava golden came out in that and stuff like that uh they just weren't that competitive as far as how meta relevant they were in the actual meta outside of like regional play into like YCS play and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, going into OTS, which I think is the last one we might have a little bit of debate about. We have OTS 21 being Fenrir, Sprite Blue, and Reinhardt being the uh, ultis. Uh, OTS 22 being Thrust, Pirelli, and Brand of Fusion, and then OTS 23 being Kurikara, Enemy Controller, and Big Welcome. And then what are your thoughts, Scott? 
Alright, so number one, um, I would go with OTS 22, Thrust, Purely, and Branded. Thrust is, was, is used right now in so many decks. It, it's hard not to say that's number one, just for Thrust alone. Purely is one of the best decks in the game. I would say second to Rescue Ace. Uh, and then Branded Fusion, it, it's, it, there's a lot of brand, a ton of Branded plays out there. So I think that one, it's not as good as number two, but definitely still good overall. Uh, number two would be uh, OTS 21. So like Friend Year, uh, Sprite Blue, and Rhino Heart. I mean, Rhino Heart's not worth much money, but I mean, th these three cards are used in a lot of decks. Friend Year is definitely used in a lot of decks. It's it's slowing down in popularity, but Friend Year is still a phenomenal card. I, you know, it's a card that is, gen is, is not really specific to the archetype that it was meant for. Plays just popping in everything. So it's, you know, but once again, same as Thrust. And Thrust can do more. Uh, but, you know, Sprite's still around. Um, T elements definitely. I would say third best deck is probably T elements, uh, and then and then and then the current one is definitely was it is Kuriakara Econ, yeah, and uh, big um, and, and big welcome and big welcome. So like that one's not bad, but Labyrinth is nowhere near the Paolo of these other decks. Econ's a cool card. Some players might put in every now and then. And Kuriakara, I mean, it sees play. It's hit or miss with a lot of players. Kuriakara. Mm. I think that uh, the way I played it, or sorry, the way I placed things would be. First place, I had OTS 21 being cards like Fenrir, which had arguably being uh, one of the best cards in the game next to like SP Little Knight. And then we had uh, Sprite Blue and Rhino Heart being the best cards of their archetypes, which was released back that year. So that's why I gave it to it for that reason. And then we have uh, second place because Thrust was such a powerful card this format. Uh, not to say that Pirelli and Branded Fusion weren't really good ones, but they were good for those archetypes, but Thrust is the better generic one, along with like Fenrir. And then uh, I had third place being Kurikara. Sorry, I had a third place being OTS twenty three because of cards like Kurikara, Enemy Controller, Big Welcome, and I would say that those are more lackluster in the meta department. Being if Kurikara is the most generic card, then uh, only decks like Vanquish Souls and things that are playing the the Bellstar engine are going to utilize them. And enemy controllers more for your collector's market or your, uh, I would say, Edison players. And Big Welcome, I would say, is, I think, a little bit less than Branded Fusion or Rhino Heart as far as the Tier 2 or Rogue, like, archetype reprints. So, yeah, for those reasons, I think we had the same list, but those were my uh, descriptions for such, you know. Is there anything else that you yeah. want to uh, say about the, like, sets or any of the structures, any of the release products that we got this year? Yeah, I mean, with OTS, the OTS, the, the you know, 21, 22 were so good. 23, it just looks garbage yeah. in comparison. Like, 23 would be decent any other time, but the fact that the last two were so good, it's hard to look at, like, it's hard to look at 23 and go, like, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's almost as good as, like, Fenrir or Thrust Ultimate Rare. That's, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's decent, you know? Big fact. Like, it's just, like, lackluster to me. Like, it's just not as impactful. I'd rather, when yeah. I pull the Thrust, my heart lit up. When I pulled a Fenrir, my eyes lit up. When I pulled Curry Kara in Enemy Controller, they were cool, but they weren't as impactful to me as pulling a Thruster or Fenrir. Immediately turned around and said, who wants it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, literally. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so we are starting to run out of life points. 
Uh, just before we start running out of time, I want to thank our guests for coming on and having so much fun with us. Uh, so thank you, Paisano, for coming out and uh, basically chit-chatting with us, being a part of the community, giving us your opinions on these topics that we talked about tonight. Uh, before we close out, I just want to go over uh, some of the things that you guys might need to know. Once again, the Linktree link is in the description box below. Go down there, click on it, follow all the social media sites. We'll be doing giveaways soon on all of those sites. I think Felton just posted a couple memes to the Instagram. So go out there, go over there, go check out those uh, laughs. Also, shoutouts to Unplug Gaming and Manly's New York. Be sure to check out their Discord in the description box down below as well. And if you do show up at the Manly's location, be sure to mention that the Semi Limited Podcast Boys sent you out there and you'll be sure to receive some sort of love from the store. Uh, also, catch Brad streaming again every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so you can catch him on Twitch. His link will be in our Linktree link down below as well. You can click on there and be a part of that. He'll stream every Saturday uh, with basically the things that he's playing at locals, maybe some deck theories for some competitions coming up, grinding master duel, whatever you guys want, be sure to tell him and he'll be sure to get uh, back to me with what happens and we'll include it in the Friday night wrap up. Along with that, uh, once again, the live recording for the episode for the shebang, I guess the uh, end of year live recording that we're gonna have is gonna be December 15th. It'll be a Friday. It's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that means that you yourself, the listener, can jump into our Discord, which is in the link tree down below. Uh, I'm going to try to have all of our guests that have been on the podcast over the episodes this year for this season be a part of the panel. We'll see how many we can get on there. And we'll ask them the questions that you guys might want, get some interactions going on, talk about some topics, and get you, the listener, involved in a way that we feel uh, kind of gives back the support and love that you guys give to us so again a reminder december 15th 8 p.m be sure to be there our link in our discord will be in the description box down below so without any further ado any final thoughts on the episode or anything you want to say before we close out uh, paisano yeah i mean th this game has i think i think still a lot to offer to the players uh konami themselves as a company uh, is constantly trying to find ways uh, to not only just challenge the players, but obviously make it so everyone playing this game can gain some value. Uh, and and, and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that could be. So I'm hoping, you know, the future videos, whether it's Marker Watch or, uh, you know, whether it's whatever Konami has in store, I hope uh, Konami continues to challenge the players uh, because that's the only way this game stays relevant and interesting to everyone universally. So I'm really excited to see the future of this game. Uh, with that said, listen, with every good relationship, there's also, also a bad relationship. And if Konami continues doing things like 2CR reprints, it's going to hurt the market. It's going to hurt the vendors who are then going to turn to other games and then try to get value out of them. So Konami is definitely walking a fine edge line, but they have a potential chance to make this the number one game. And in the past, they have done things to really boost this game. And hopefully we see more of that moving forward in the future. That's what I like to hear, man. Opinions that spark talking within the community and discussion, which leads to, you know, information being spread and, you know, knowledge being shared and whatnot. So I definitely do support you. So thank you for coming on. And once again, tell the people where they can find you and whatnot and how they can support you as well. Yeah, so my channel, YGOPaisano.com, uh, I do videos, I yell at my lungs about certain things, um, I'm definitely very passionate when it comes to certain things within the game, within the market, 
Uh, I, you know, I, I don't really have any kind of filter because to me, this is all a hobby. Mm. Even as like a YouTuber, I, I still see this as a hobby. It's really hard to. Uh, and I, I talked to some other people that are YouTubers in the past, and they're like, "This is serious. This is, this is a career." And I'm like, "I just, just, I have a great time doing this. I don't care either way." Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I love hanging out. I love talking to you again. I appreciate for you, for, uh, you. Especially you, by the way, for having me come on. Because I remember I saw you at Nationals. I was like, please keep hitting me up and remind me. My memory is terrible. I will forget. Mm. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not ducking you. I just have bad memory. And you kept reminding me. So huge yep. shout out to you, Xavier. Because like, if it wasn't for you, brother, I promise you, I would have been like, wait, what podcast? Because I would have forgotten. Because yep. uh, my memory is just really I like to say amen on everybody, man. Everyone's got a busy schedule, and I understand <laughs> that. But you know, if you don't stay on their asses, they'll forget about you. So I'm going to be known as the most adamant one. And persistent is definitely my middle name. Love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for being a part of today's episode, my friend. I'll be sure to link his uh, YouTube down in the description box below, below. Thank you also for listening as well and getting through this long episode. Appreciate you guys as well. I will be joining you guys next week as we will be preparing for the live recording and then bring you guys some talking topics that week as well. Uh, without any further ado, I am Player X. You've been listening to the Semi-Limited Podcast. Thank you and good night.